Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we continue our reflections into these special topics. Once again, each and every Thursday evening, we take up subject matter that is tailored to your questions, right? And as I have said in the past, I am going to respond to certain questions that don't always have to be apologetic. Well, this Thursday is one of those Thursdays because <laughs> the question I'm going to respond to is, how do you prepare and deliver a talk? So I have to admit, I had a lot of fun preparing this evening. <laughs> you, know, you asked me the question, how do you prepare and deliver a talk? Well, in preparing this talk and how to deliver what we are going to talk about this evening, I had a lot of fun. So I am very much looking forward to this. And I do say we because Debbie Rosales is with me. Debbie, great to have you. Uh, you with me another evening. It's wonderful to be here. So, Debbie, as I just said, this evening we are going to take up this question, how do you prepare and deliver a talk? So we're going to structure our evening into two modes, if you will. The the prepare, which is going to be about prayer and study, mm-hmm. and then the, the delivery. To say prayer and study is to really highlight what we are here about, essentially, is rooting all of our subject matter in the spirit, right? So um, when you go to prepare a talk, the first thing you need to do is pray, right? If you're going to give a spiritual talk, well, call upon the Holy Spirit to lead you in how you want to talk about the faith, right? (laughs) (laughs) And lead you into the core subject matter of your faith. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the protagonist of anything and everything that you have to say and you have to teach. So call upon the Holy Spirit. Spend time uh, with our Lord. And in doing so, what you'll find is in openness. And, and I would also say, Debbie, a freshness. Mm-hmm. You know, here on Seeds of Truth, from one day to the next, you know, we have our subject matter. And when you do it a lot, there could be that tendency to take it for granted, yeah. right? But when you go before our Lord each and every day, each and every time, you go to give a talk, there's a certain freshness that abides. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Holy Spirit makes all things new. And so taking what you're going to talk about before our Lord is, is quintessential to any spiritual talk you're going to give. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting, if I'm invited to do a talk at RCIA or on a retreat, I'll, I'll often ask one of the really important questions I want to know is, who's my audience? Who are they? Yes. Are they, you know, a bunch of um, teens who are prepping for confirmation? Are they a bunch of uh, gray haireds like me who are just there for... Uh, I see uh, some gray hair in there, <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, you know, are they just there? F- Who's your target audience? Yeah. Kind of the hard part about radio is we don't really have one of those. It's it's everyone, which is above. really... Yeah. yeah so. I, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, radio is very different from like delivering at a retreat. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit, the differences. But 
you know, the audience here, the Lord just says, it's, it's all my kids. Yeah. It's all my kids. Amen. You know? Amen. That's right. So you're asking that question mm-hmm. before, Lord, okay, who is my audience? Because mm-hmm. as you're putting your subject matter together, you do so mindful. Yeah. What do they need? Talking to. Yeah. That's, you know, what yeah. do they need? Yeah. One of the things we were talking about beforehand, Debbie, that I thought was very important in the, the context of the spiritual, if you will, is getting your your heart ready, getting your mm-hmm. spirit ready, getting your soul ready to talk about Jesus Christ. It is an honor to talk about Jesus Christ. Oh, it is an honor absolutely. and a gift to talk about the church he came to establish. It is an honor to talk about all things that relate to the triune God, okay? Mm-hmm. So how do you get yourself ready there? Well, we were talking about confession. It's one of the things I have tried to practice it's interesting because I kind of have these an outline. I have steps before I prep a talk. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 these are these little steps I do. And one of them is make sure that I've gone to confession recently, um, that I've seen my spiritual director. You know, I'll often ask him, you know, I'm doing a teaching on the virtue of hope or faith, hope, and charity, the theological virtues. This is what I have. What, what am I missing? What mm-hmm. am I not seeing? And that second pair of eyes looking at your material, especially mm-hmm. if it's a holy monk like I have, um, what a gift that is mm, to mm. Um, give that to him. I also really try to make a trip to adoration. Um, if, if, I, if it's the weekend and the adoration chapel isn't open, then I go over and visit Jesus in the tabernacle, and I bring my material. And I say, well, this is, this is what I've got, or maybe I haven't even started. Um, often I'll take my material adoration and, and just say, what is it you need them to hear? And I start there so that I don't really have my own agenda, you know? I'm mm-hmm. just kind of letting the Holy Spirit do that. Yeah, and another thing you had brought up was the liturgical season. Yeah. Being present to the liturgical season. And, and maybe our listening audience is asking the question, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Because how do you be present to the liturgical season when you're preparing a talk? Well, we have to trust that our God is a providential God. Uh-huh. His love is sovereign, Yes. right? And the liturgical season has a way of communicating the fullness of the beauty of faith. And and when you go to Mass each and every day and you hear those readings, what you will find more often than not is, well, what you need to hear on that day. Why? Because God meets us how He makes us, right? And He walks with us as He is. So when you are present to the liturgical season, which means being present to the gospel readings for the day, maybe the saint of the day, you'll find... God speaking to you, meeting mm-hmm. you where you're at, but also maybe he's giving you a cue for something he wants you to talk about, all right? Almost always. <laughs> it, it, I, t- I cannot tell you yes. how many times that has happened here oh. on Seeds of Truth. It just happened the other day. Yeah. There we are cruising along in 1 Corinthians 15, and we're made to talk about the ascension on the heels of the ascension. Next Sunday's Pentecost, right? Mm-hmm. So being present to the liturgical season is a way of uh, preparing a talk. You know, hey, Lord, is there something you want me to talk about in today's reading? Now, you had just mentioned you like to talk with God. You like to converse mm-hmm. with God. And, mm-hmm. and I like that because part of any good prep is conversation. Right. I get asked the question a lot, Joe, how do you remember certain things? <laughs> do you just memorize subject matter? And I have my own way of remembering subject matter. If I go and read, say, paragraph 2059 from the Catechism, I say it three times, Mm -hmm. and I just close my eyes, and I just kind of meditate with that three times. I soak myself in it, if you will. Yeah, it does. It sticks. 
But if I really, really want it to stick, I talk about it with someone. I have a conversation with someone about the very thing I'm going to talk about. And you had mentioned spiritual director. That person I talk with is going to be someone I trust. Right. And as I talk about it, I'm internalizing the subject Mm -hmm. matter, huh? And it's interesting. Something else here. What I'll notice in the course of the conversation is there might be an area of weakness in what I was going to talk about. Sure. And mm-hmm. I'll make a point to highlight that when I'm done with the conversation, because it tells me, you want to know what? I need to spend more time with this very thing. And so conversing with other people in dialogue, remember dialogue, dialogic, right? Logic is the instrument to reason. Die is two, so we can reason better when we are in conversation with another. And the more you do something, the more you're going to just come to know it, right? right? What you feed grows. So there are practical things in play here, Debbie, that we really do need to be present to as we prepare a talk. Mm-hmm. Um, just simple tips to spend more time with it this way, have a conversation with that person. Mm-hmm. And what you will find is this kind of internalizing of the subject matter, especially Again, if this is all caught up in prayer. Now, before we get into the uh, delivery piece, I did want to make one more note. You know, I hear a lot of talks about different subject matter. And a lot of times, those talks don't actually define what they are talking about. Mm -hmm. So, for example, maybe someone's given a talk on the Eucharist. And they have all of these beautiful things to say about the Eucharist, but they never actually define what the Eucharist is, mm-hmm. right? right? The body, blood, right. soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to make sure that in our prep, we are outlining the key points mm-hmm. and really honing into the essence of what it is that you're saying. Yes, the storytelling, the parables, all that stuff's important, and we'll get mm-hmm. to that here in a bit. But make sure you are defining what it is that you are talking about. We cannot take anything for granted, especially for those who are teaching in an RCA, especially for those who are teaching in any kind of more formal religious setting, Uh right? So important to to define. And and be systematic, be ordered. These are the, the key scripture verses to better understand the Eucharist. Define what the word actually means. Right. Here on Seeds of Truth, uh, we do that a lot, mm-hmm. because behind every word is a story. Look at the etymology. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this word mean in the Latin, or that word mean in the Greek? And what you'll find is an unveiling of something new and beautiful, for sure. So make sure you are honing in on the essence of your subject matter, defining what it is that you're talking about. And here I would encourage our listening audience, Debbie, to go to the catechism for that. Right. You know, the catechism is a gift, one of the mm-hmm. great gifts of St. John Paul II. So go to the catechism and yeah, support that catechetical definition with some scripture. Make sure that the word itself is explored. And, and yeah, then get into those things which augment your presentation, your talk. You know, often in our CIA in particular, I'll, I'll give them some key terms you know, just so they don't get lost. So I will, I will put transubstantiation and what that is and where they can find it in the catechism. Maybe some scripture that supports... Transubstantiation. The $50 word. Yeah. Um, but that's an important word for them to understand mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they're going to get to the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. So, <clears throat> you know, that's okay too. But remember that. I, I always kind of think, okay, what, what could be you know, misunderstood here. What do I need to put down 
maybe as a take home uh, for them to study later. Um, You know, that's really important. And the other, you know, another key piece, I always pray for my audience before I deliver. Amen. I pray, I pray for them to have an open heart. I pray that, you know, they will hear the message that Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to deliver to them. I'm just that little vessel. So Mm -hmm. get past whatever brokenness they see in me and hear what it is that the Holy Spirit wants them to hear. Amen. And that's definitely a prep thing. That's a before thing. It's a prep thing. I was uh, in Pennsylvania last month, Debbie, and I was given this talk to uh, a group of high school students. And I was upstairs in this beautiful room, and there was about 40 chairs. And I was in there about an hour before the talk. And I was preparing, doing the things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. now. And I heard our Lord just whisper in my ear, pray over each chair. And I thought, hmm. Oh, I don't cool. do I don't do that very much, but you know yeah. what? I should do that every time. So yeah. I just went over and prayed one Hail Mary next to each chair. Uh-huh. And Debbie, the, the talk was a home run. Oh, not because of what I yeah. said, but because no. of what the Spirit was doing. No. You know, and I do credit with that moment, just praying that inspiration. Uh, yeah. So thank you for bringing that into play because that is another, just not important piece, but we can even elevate that to quintessential because I, I think yeah, because ultimately. It really orders everything that you're about, everything that you're doing. It's for God's glory. And we are not the ones moving the hearts, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the protagonist. We are, as you said, instruments, vessels, cooperating with the Mm -hmm. Spirit. Yes, we have a role to play, but if we are not entering into the Spirit, game over. Right. Right. And if we aren't delivering the material they need to hear, if we already have this agenda and you use the talk on the Eucharist, I deliver that, uh, you know, several times a year. And every time I take that talk and then I ask who my audience is or, you know, each year in our CIA, it's going to be a different audience, mm-hmm. even though it's our CIA. Mm-hmm. So I will take that and I'll say, what is it that I need to focus on here? What do they need? Mm-hmm. And so you aren't just, folks, don't get into the habit of going, oh, I've already done that talk. Oh, oh I'm good. Gosh, I've already is... done that talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you have. But you haven't done it to this audience. Mm, amen, Debbie. Amen. That's such an important point. And I think an important point for all teachers of all subject matter, right? <laughs> Don't fall into that rut. Well, I, I'm a I've tenured Yeah, I'm a tenured professor, you know. I don't have to worry about re-preparing. I was just telling my wife the other day, you know, there are some courses that I'm teaching a second time mm-hmm. online. And she said, Well, that's kind of nice. You don't have to worry about doing all that extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, to some extent, yeah, she's right, because there's certain things that for PowerPoint. Sure. But do you have to go back? And you do have to ask, who is my listening audience? Mm -hmm. How is it different? Mm -hmm. This second time around, I have a lot more religious, right? So I have to be attentive to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's such an important question. That's important. It's important for you to know that. It's important for us to know that so that we can really get out of our little preconceived notion and really let the Holy Spirit work through us. Amen. And this can all come about if we don't procrastinate, mm-hmm. right? If we don't sure. procrastinate. Mm-hmm. And that's just us organizing ourselves, mm-hmm. our time, our schedule, saying, hey, okay, if I'm giving a talk four days from now or a week from now, I'm not going to start four days from now or a week from now. I'm going to start in my next free hour. Yeah. And so hopefully that's sooner than later, because mm-hmm. that gives you the time to prepare what you need to prepare. And all of this calms nerves. Right, right Debbie? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are some people out there who are just going to get nervous in spite of yeah. how prepared you might be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but out from my own experience, 
the more prepared I am, the less nervous I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people say, well, you don't get nervous. I get nervous all the time, especially if I'm not prepared. I had to uh, substitute it the last minute for a talk in our CIA that I had not prepared for. Mm. I had never done before. Mm-hmm. And the speaker who was going to give that subject um, sent me her notes. And she doesn't write like I do. She doesn't uh-huh. speak like I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was more of a hindrance than a help. Although there was some, you know, some good stuff in there sure, and everything. Sure. But that was the only, I agree with you. It was the one time I was very nervous because mm-hmm. I felt like I'd just been dropped off the high dive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I, you know, I've been in that place before. Okay, Debbie, so we've talked about uh, the prep, right? The prayer and the study. How about the delivery? What are the things we need to be thinking about in our delivery? Well, First and foremost, we must speak from the heart, huh? from the heart. I mean, when you really think about it, who are those teachers who you remember the most? Is it the subject matter you loved? For me, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. You know, the, the teachers I remember the most in both high school and college, mm-hmm. and even in junior high and middle school, were the teachers who just loved what they were teaching. Yes. I'm talking about English professors. English mm-hmm. was not my thing growing up, mm-hmm. right? And my favorite teacher in college was an English professor. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really into history in high school, but I was turned on to history because of a teacher I had who loved history. Me too. There was just something about this history teacher being so engaging mm-hmm. that I suddenly enjoyed history. Yeah. So it's not always tied to the subject matter, but more often than not tied to the professor, the teacher. And that's important for us when we're engaged in the faith because ultimately our Lord is calling us to be engaging, to speak from the heart. People know when you are not in love with what you are talking about. And if it's the faith, Mm -hmm. man, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Because anyone who is talking about the faith in any capacity as we suggested earlier, as it's an honor to do so, should be in love with what they are talking about. Because in the end, what are you talking about? The stuff of Jesus Christ. We must always remember that doctrine in of itself is not about something, but someone. And so we get to talk about Jesus Christ every time we talk about any doctrine. And so hopefully by the grace of God, when we've prayed ourselves up, we are communicating that love for God. We are engaging and we are speaking from the heart. And the heart is the locus and center of who we are, Debbie. So speaking from the heart is very, very important. And that comes to fruition in also what we say. Mm-hmm. You know, because in our delivery, uh, in our storytelling, and maybe the testimony we talk about, if it's coming from the heart, it will be engaging. If we are sharing a story from our life experience and we are doing so passionately because we believe in it, people will be engaged with that. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier you were talking about who is your audience. You, know, you go before our Lord and you ask mm-hmm. the question, who am I speaking to? Well, it's always important to, to draw from life experiences because ultimately those often are things that your audience can relate to. Right. And those life experiences will change according to the audience, mm-hmm. but life experiences... Uh, Storytelling within those life experiences Mm -hmm. is very, very important. It's funny that um, you say that because so often after I've given a talk, well, it just happened two weeks ago when I 
did an RCIA talk, and one of the younger college students said, I love it when you speak because I love your stories. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that I've just gotten more comfortable in, you know, maybe in the last five to ten years. Um, sure. Uh, since my husband died, you know, I, I, I feel like, hmm, I have something to share. I, you know, you've been through the fire. You can talk a little bit about and yes. people need to know mm-hmm. that they can make it through a fire mm-hmm. or, or whatever, or even spiritually, you know, mm-hmm. share those times that you struggled spiritually so that you don't look, if you have yourself on this pedestal, folks, you're the unreachable and then you don't want to be on that because they're just going to push off that pedestal anyway. Yep. yep. You want to be where your their eyes are lifted up to Christ, and you know, um, and you're just that passing through. You know, you're just kind of that blurry image to get them through yeah. to look at Christ. You don't want them looking at you. You want them looking up to Jesus and 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 give them hope, give them love, give them those virtues. That's right, Debbie. And something to be present to here also is this isn't about you. Never. Right? I mean, people say. Never. Yeah, people say. You know, you want to be careful about sharing stories about you. Well, mm. I don't know about that because ultimately people can connect with those stories. Right. And if what motivates you is pure and holy, right. God is going to use that. This right. isn't about drawing attention no. to me. This is about drawing attention to the doctrine or whatever it is that you're teaching and ultimately Jesus Christ. Right. And so... I know what's out there where people say, don't tell stories about you. Mm-hmm. You can use third yeah. person if yeah. you mm-hmm. need to. Mm-hmm. And, and discretion is something that's very important. You know, this isn't a, a tell-all. That's not at all what I am suggesting. But that you're using it as um, a simple teaching moment to say, A to B, you can get to C. You know, that's, right. there, it, that's a different thing. You're motivating, giving hope, encouraging. You're building up. We have a tough society. They yeah. need to know that this isn't all there is. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what you're doing is illuminating the essence of your subject matter, right. right? Another key point here, and this really gets into the heart of how our Lord himself taught, is using images. Yeah. Uh, you're evangelizing the imagination, our Lord told stories. Yes. Our Lord told parables, many mm-hmm. of them. Uh, our Lord... Uh, <laughs> and we remember those. Yes, yes. We remember those. Yes, that's right. And so uh, we are present to that in our mm-hmm. own teaching. Right. We use images because they evangelize the imagination. And we, we should be mindful. The very word image is the root to imagination, right? right. And that phrase coined by St. John Paul II, evangelize the imagination, should always be before us. Mm-hmm. Should always be before us. <clears throat> so being present being present to these things are very important. Using analogies also. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the story in of itself turns into analogy. That is a great tool for teaching, for sure, and how you deliver it. You know, I was at a talk where someone was talking about how to catechize, and this particular presenter made a very good point in saying, if you are speaking from the heart, when you are telling a story, a parable, talking about analogy, it has a way of coming through in such a way that in of itself, it will speak to the heart, mm-hmm. right? The story, the parable, the analogy will speak to the heart. And so we trust in the spirit. That's another key, I think, component is mm-hmm. trusting that God is using you for this particular moment, trusting that you have entered into 
the very thing that God is asking you to talk about, asking you to teach. A few other things here before we wrap up, Debbie, humor. You know, we always want to be true (laughs) to our charism, but it's something to be thinking about because as we've been talking about relating to our audience, humor has a way of, I think, disarming people and allowing people to enter into what you want to talk about, especially if you are talking about one of those hot button topics. Uh, Absolutely. Be be present to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing is, when you give a talk, come full circle, mm-hmm. right? You have your opening statement, if you will. You know, we've been talking about the Eucharist, so you have an opening statement on the Eucharist, and whatever it is that you talked about in that opening statement, in that introduction, bring it back in your closing statement, in your outro, if you will. It has a way of kind of ordering. Completing. Yeah, completing just not what you are saying, but also how it is being received. Mm-hmm. Your subject matter will be received better if you are... Uh, buttoning up your subject matter. Of right. course, Debbie, we see this. I mean, God does this with sacred scripture. Right. Right. I mean, Genesis and Revelation. Read those two books. Mm-hmm. Just, I would encourage our audience yes. to read those two books. And if you haven't seen it before, you'll see how God comes full circle. So, things to think about here, Debbie, you know, how to prepare and deliver a talk. Pray up, study up, speak from the heart, be present to some of the, the details we've been talking about. And, uh, just spend time with it. You want to be better at something? Well, do it more often. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just do it. Yes, that's right. Just do it. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. I, the only other closing thought I had was uh, I make sure that I always open and close in prayer when mm. I'm doing a, a talk. And maybe that seems like a, a no-brainer, but um, a lot of people forget to do that. I always invite the Holy Spirit and ask the Father to fill the room with the angels and saints that intercede for us. Mm. And that's it always just kind of pregnates the moment mm. with holiness. There's yeah. something very beautiful. And then at the end, I will thank I will thank the angels and the saints for being present with us and interceding for us. Kind of end with thanksgiving. Just a thought. Well, as we do here on Seeds of Truth, we open with an Our Father, and on that note, we will, we will wrap up with a closing prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of this evening to just come together and reflect into, well, what's on the heart of, of our listening audience, and to be able to engage what is on the heart of our listening audience with the things that you inspire us to say, Heavenly Father, we do turn our attention to you that all things talked about here on Seeds of Truth is in your name. And we pray through the intercession of Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.